seen a trend over the last several months in our church where people has gotten reluctant with that. And I'm going to be methodical with that because we want to honor the word if possible. We'd like you to stand. If you're sick and unable, that's fine. You don't have to. Or if you don't want to, we ain't going to force nobody to. But you're going to hear me say this. I want to honor God's word. And you get to stand while we read it. And I stand the rest of the time. So that's okay. So I have two sets of scripture. It'll be behind me on the screen. Or um, um, you can trust me. You can find your Bible or both. So Simon Peter saith unto them, verse 3, I go fishing. They said to him, We also go with thee. Speaking of the other disciples. They went forth and entered into a ship immediately. And that night they caught nothing. Everybody said they caught nothing. But when the morning was come, now Jesus stood on the shore. But the disciples knew that it was Jesus. Then Jesus said to them, Children, have you any meat? They answered him, No. He said to them, Cast the net on the right side of the ship and you shall find they cast therefore and now they were not able to draw it for for the multitude of fishes now we're going to go to the old testament the book of jeremiah chapter 18 it will be on the screen jeremiah 18 the potter's wheel You're probably familiar with this I'll give you a second to get there. If not, it will be on the screen. Jeremiah 18.1 The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord saying, Arise, go down to the potter's house, and there I will cause thee to hear my words. Then I went down to the potter's house, and behold, he wrought a work on the wheels. Listen to this verse. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. Listen to this phrase. So he made it again. Another vessel. As it seemed good to the potter. To make it. Lord we love you. We thank you for the opportunity to be in the house of God. Thank you for those that's here today. Thank you for our guests or visitors. Thank you for those that may be joining online. Or may listen to this on podcast later Lord. We're thankful, God, and we're asking, God, that you would help us today, Lord, as we set a tone for our year, for the new year of 2022. Knowing that we're three weeks late in this, God, first time we've been in the house of God because of sicknesses, but we're thankful. And we ask today that you would anoint, and Lord, that you would do exactly what you want to do in this place. In the name of Jesus, amen. As we find ourselves at the beginning of another year at Harvest House, we for the second year have found ourselves not having church on the first Sunday of the year, but it has been delayed because of this crazy virus and pandemic. With several that have been sick and we're thankful that you are well and son that is home today and that's one reason we're live streaming. But we needed to do this today. We need to be in the house of God. I'm thankful. We're here on the third Sunday. But thank God we are back in the house of God. Amen. Amen. We're back in the house of God. I'm thankful that the snow went around us. 
and went another way. We could be back in the house of God. The Lord willing, on April the 9th, we will be celebrating 16 years of Apostolic Church in Marion, Kentucky. Amen. If you're thankful for this church, I want you to stand to your feet and give God a thunderous hand clap and praise for your church. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. God's good. Lord willing, Brother Bishop White's not going to get to be with us this year. It didn't work out for anniversary service, but Brother Ryan Neer will be with us. Amen. On a Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday of the last of April. And we're thankful for that. It's going to celebrate 16 years. I'm thankful for what God's done in Marion, Kentucky, at Harvest House. Amen. And with that said, the last several years have seen a lot of ups and downs for our church. We've seen some come. We've seen some go. We've had some to die. Matter of fact, we've had a lot to die and make their journey from this world to the next. Last year was a very hard and tragic year when it came to death. When we lost five people in one moment. The last three years have been some of the hardest years at Harvest House since the year the Lord allowed us to come to Marion and start a church. But nevertheless, Brother Matters, we are still here. Come on, so can somebody say we're still here. If you're typing, if you're watching online and you're part of this church, why don't you type it out? I'm still here. I have a new theme for this year. and I feel a direction to help us get to where I believe God wants us to be. But let me talk to us for a few minutes before I get there. Before I get far, too far today, I want to say this. God, without a doubt, wants to have revival in Marion, Kentucky. Let me say that again. God wants to have revival in Marion, Kentucky. God wants to have a thriving church in this city. He wants to have a church that is the seedbed of many other churches that will be planted out of this church and all the surrounding areas and even in other countries. Anybody believe that? I know this because it's been prophesied that it was going to happen. I've been told standing right there that God was going to, he's going to use us as a, a prototype to set up other churches in other areas. And, and I believe it's not just in this area, but I also believe it's going to be in other countries. I believe that. God has shown some of you visions dreams and words have been spoken directly to you by, by what the prophecy that the great things that God wants to do and happen in this church through you and through others and through, uh, through this building in this area God hallelujah has done that amen. if you believe that why don't you give me a great big amen today amen. God wants to do great things in Marion God wants to do great things through Harvest House. Hallelujah. And although we believe those things that I just said, no doubt the last several years have challenged those thoughts. We came with great expectation. God fulfilled many of those great expectations with great things that's happened. And we can think about where we are today as an assembly and look at where we are 
as this assembly today, and we can realize it's not happened yet. So with that said, I have a question for this assembly today. In these challenging times, in these challenging times, and we all know that it's challenging times, don't we? How long can this church continue at its present state? I ask that again. How long can this church continue at its present state? I am pausing for a very awkward moment for you to think about what I just said. And if you don't know what I mean, then listen to where God has brought us from and to where we are today. On April the 9th of 2006, we had our very first service on Gum Street in the little storefront building. That day we had 10 people in attendance. My wife, my children, my brother and sister-in-law, his children, and his mother, and I think maybe a couple others. Nobody that day in that service lived in Marion. But two of them were originally from Marion, being my brother-in-law and his mother. The very first year of 2006, we averaged 11 people in attendance on a Sunday. And we averaged 15 on our midweek service. And the main reason we had 15 for an average that that midweek is because we had people coming from our home church and my brother's church that helped us have that maintain that average. God added to this church that year three good families that called Harvest House their home. But the matter is I, I messed up because I said, God, can you give us three good families? And God gave us three good families. I, I, I have kicked myself a dozen times and why didn't I say, God, give us 20 good families? Two people were baptized and two received the Holy Ghost that first year. None of those families attend Harvest House regularly anymore. But many of you are here because of those first three families that attended this church. Every year after Harvest House had unprecedented growth. Every year Many was baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. 2012 brought our best year we had seen. We had explosive growth and closed that year averaging 63 on Sunday and 43 on the midweek service, even to the point that it garnished attention from the United Pentecostal Church headquarters. And we became the poster child for the Christmas for Christ that year, the church planners. And we became the poster child for the very next year because of what happened in our church in 2012. Near the end of that year, We had a major challenge to hit us, which put Harvest House in a downward spiral. That following year, we felt the spiral, and our average fell down to 49, from 63 from 49 on Sundays. We stayed at that area at about 50 on Sundays, all the way to the year 2018, and then we had another drop 
We went from that 50th range down to 42 on Sunday and 28 for the midweek. Somebody says, why have you been so negative, Brother Orton? I'm just putting it real of where we are. Because we can never fix anything if we don't admit to where we are and where the issue is. And then, 2020. I think we all know what 2020 brought us. COVID. Pandemic. But as Stan Gleason said, COVID has exposed the fakes and pretenders from the committed and the sold out. Brother Gleason also went on to say there's a big difference between a crowd and a congregation. The crowd has not recovered from COVID, but the congregation has recovered. The crowd has not come back, but the congregation is still there. And I want to tell you today, I'm thankful for the you that are still here in the house of God and call this your church. Amen. COVID exposed the heart a many at Harvest House. And then 2023 or 21. Man, I'm already there. Let's go. 2021 was the most challenging year Harvest House has ever had. Last year, we averaged 28 on Sunday. 15 and our midweek service. Our highest attendance in 2021 was 60 on Easter Sunday, followed by our lowest number the very next Sunday with 10. You're talking about a roller coaster year. Our highest Thursday attendance was a 38, but that was because it was an anniversary service that week. And our lowest Thursday was a crowd of five. That's when me and my family was not in uh, Texas, when me and Cheryl and Jacob was. And, and we had Texas taking care of the church and Bethany, Corbin, and two more. We had five Thursdays with under 10 people. We only, here's the, here's the most disturbing thing to me of 2021. We only baptized one person in Jesus' name. And they don't even come on a regular basis and bend maybe once or twice. I'm thankful that they were baptized in his name. But no one for the very first time ever in the history of the existence of this church, no one received the gift of the Holy Ghost. No one. I ask this congregation once again, in these challenging times. And we all know it's extremely challenging. Yes? Amen. How long can this church continue at its present state? Well, I answer that question today. Resoundingly, not long. A church is not a church without birthing children into the kingdom of God. Amen. If there is not birth coming from a church, then there is no communion with God. Amen. Because the church is the bride of Christ. 
And if the bride and the husband is not having a relationship, there is no children that's being born. Jesus said in Matthew 28, 18 through 20, we know it. And Jesus spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. And we're thankful to know that that name is Jesus today, right? Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. When the churches stop doing what God commissioned the church to do, then we stop being a church. Harvest House, we cannot. We cannot go through 2022 without anybody being baptized, anybody being converted, without anybody being filled with the Holy Ghost. If we do that, we cease to be a church. We're only a gathering. We're only an assembly that's fellowshipping together. We are not a church. And when the church stopped doing what God has commissioned us to be, we stopped being the church. Harvest House, God called us, hallelujah, to be a church. He called us for such a time as we have found ourselves in. Yes, we're in challenging times, but we serve a mighty God. As Brother Metter said, we serve a mighty God. We serve a God that changes lives. We serve a God, hallelujah, that's able to change this world. We are in the end time, and it's time for us to rise out of the midst of the crazy that's going on in our world and be the church that God has called us to be. It's time for us to rise up out of the junk, rise up out of the pandemic, rise up out of the financial issues, rise up out of the crazy world that we're living in. Praise God. God has called us to be a hospital for the hurting and the broken people, and it's time for us to be that hospital. He has called us to be the salt of the world to bring flavor and to preserve souls for the coming of the Lord as that salt God has called us to be a city that's set on a hill and a light to a dark place praise God he's called us to be a light to bring people out of darkness and into his marvelous light we're not a country club to hang out in. Hallelujah. We're not just a place that you come and drink coffee and donuts downstairs before service. Hallelujah. We're not just a place, hallelujah, just to come and hang out and meet your future spouse. Hallelujah. We're not just a place to come and just be, praise the Lord. And we cannot be that. And when we just only be that, we cease to be what God has called us to be. This is not just a place to come and get what you can, praise God. For too long, many in this area has only looked at the church as something that you can consume and something that you only get from. But Brother Stan Gleason also said this, Jesus knew he couldn't reach the world with consumers and that's why he sent a plague to separate the consumers, praise God, from the ones who want to contribute, hallelujah, and for all those prophesied things to happen in this city, through this church. We need to have a reset in our thinking. We need to have a reset and go back to where God started this thing from. We need to go back, praise God, and have a reset. Hallelujah. Oh, come on, hear me today. God has called us for such a time as we're living in in Harvest House in this year. We need a reset in our world. Amen. We need a reset. Put it up there. It's simple. It's plain. 
In 2022, we're going to reset. We're going to reset. Let me talk about it for a second. I'm going to cast some vision. And we've got some work we're going to have to do ahead of us. I know that. How many times have you begun to mess with your phone? And all of a sudden that phone begins to act crazy. Begins to freeze up. Maybe it's your computer. It begins to freeze up. It begins to get slow. It begins to get to where you can't hardly do nothing with it. Do you know what you have to do to it? You have to reset that phone. Why? Because through the process of time, while you're browsing websites and while you're doing this and you're doing that, there's all these little things that come and attach itself on the inside of your phone or the inside of your computer. And the only way to get out of that, hallelujah, is you've got to reset it. And a lot of times you have to go in back and do a hard reset on it and put it back to the original default of what it is to get rid of all that other stuff. It's something about when you reset that phone and it goes off and it comes back up, guess what it do it just get, it gets rid of all those attached things and, and sometimes you got to go through and you got to do a defragment to it and what's that mean you go you go through there and, it, and you do, do a defrag on your computer and it goes finds all the things that's attached to it that don't need to be there and you get it out and you get it out of the way and you, you get it out of, the, uh, out of your computer or off your phone and sometimes that's the only way to ever make it work Amen. we don't like to reset I don't like to reset. I've had to reset my phone a few times. And the reason I don't like to reset it is because you got to go back in, put all your passwords in, put everything in there. you got to go back and do some work again. Yeah. And we lose some stuff. And there are some things that we need to lose after 16 years of being a church. We've been doing some things good, but we've done some things wrong, Sister Heather. And it's time to get back to what God brought us here to this city for. Amen. Now I know none of you other guys has been there and, and, and I don't like to admit it but I've been driving down the road and all of a sudden I, I come to the place that I thought I was supposed to be and I look around and realize I don't know where I am. These guys don't get lost, right? When you get yourself lost, guess what you got to do? You've got you to reset your direction. When you find yourself in the wrong place, you've got to do some backtracking. You've got to go back to where you left, where you last really knew where you was. And you've got to reset your direction. And you've got to get yourself lined back up to where you need to go. And yes, we, we have found ourselves in that place. And we don't, we don't want to be, uh, uh, be or, 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 or think about how, how we ended up here. But the only way to get out of that place is to reset it and go back to what it originally intended it for me. Amen. Amen. So this year, I'm calling on our church to do a reset. I'm calling for us to do a reset. We've, we've had 16 years of having church, and we've had some junk that's happened to us, and we've had some, we've had some heartaches that's attached to us. We've had some hurts that's attached to us, and we've had some disappointments that's attached to us. We've had some people to leave that we thought would never leave, and they did, and it hurt. We've had some people to die that we didn't expect to die. 
lie and we're, we were hurt from it and we've held on to it. We've had some people to hurt our feelings and we're still harboring some things on the inside of us. And the only way to get rid of some of that stuff, we've got to go back to the drawing board. we got to go back to the altar. we got to go back to what he really intended. And we got to detach from some things that's attached to us because it's hindering us from being able to do what God has called us to do. Oh, we'd start a Bible study again. But the last time we tried a Bible study in town, it caused one of our people to be thrown in jail. Right? Well, last time we started that, it failed. The last time we'd done this, it didn't work out. And we keep going through these things. And, and But here's the thing. It's a beautiful thing about serving God. It's a beautiful thing about living for the Lord. He is a God of second chances. He is a God of third chances. He's a God of fourth chances. And God allows an individual to come to Him and reset their life. After all, that's what it really takes to be a child of God. Is a reset, a biblical ideal. Yes, it is. That's what salvation is all about. Jesus said, except a man is born again, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Born again? That's telling me every one of us has been born, but yet we've got to be born again. Amen. That's why when people come and say, oh, but I was just born that way. There's an answer for it. You can be born again. Amen. Amen. And I'm thankful that it's not just a one-time thing. We can go back to that altar and we can do it all over again. Hallelujah. Somebody say do it again. This is what we got to do. We got to do it again. Yeah, you've messed up. Yeah, I've messed up. Yeah, we've done this. And yeah, we've done that. But I'm going to tell you what. We're serving a God that will let us go back and do it again. And reset, praise the Lord. Because he takes the back his heart. Hallelujah. And he washes it with that red blood of his. And it comes out and makes it whiter than snow. Hallelujah. Listen to what the Old Testament prophet said in Isaiah 43 and 18 and 19. He said, Remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Oh, come on. We've had some former things that, that was tough. We've had some former things that we went through. There's been some good things and there's been some bad things. But hear me today. There's some things that you and I don't want to think about. There's people that's hurt us. There's some people that, that has hurt us. There's some things that we've done that hurt ourselves and hurt others. And we're stuck in that place and we're thinking, I I can never get out of this. I can never be any better. It can never get any better. But he had, thank, thank God for verse 19. He said, Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness, in rivers, in the desert. God has got a new thing for our church. God's got a new thing for our time. God's got a new thing. God, hallelujah, wants to bring a reset to our lives. Amen. A reset. What, what does that mean, Brother Orton, when, he, when we look at a church? What does that mean? I'll tell you what it means. What got us going in the first place was evangelism. What got this church started was evangelism. Every Saturday, well, almost without fail, for the first year and a half at least, my wife 
me and Jake and Bethany, and they were young. We'd go to that storefront building on a Saturday and we would clean it and we would pray. I'd hear my children on that altar praying that God would send us young people and God sent us young people. Amen. Now they're older. And now we're not praying for the young people like there was because we've taken so many things for granted. Exactly. Amen. I'm not blaming just laying on them. I'm just talking about all of us. And we'd pray, and then we'd go out, and we'd take a flyer, and we'd pass them out. We'd invite people to the house of God. We'd invite people to church. Uh, did everybody we invite come? No. Some did and some didn't. But the bottom line is we were evangelizing. Amen. And in order for us to, uh, to have birth in this city, praise God, we have to evangelize. They have to know we're here. They have to know what we're doing, praise God. They have to know we're here. Amen. And that's what we've done. Prayed, we fasted. We fasted days, multiple days. Before we started, we fasted 10 days. Probably six, eight months before we started, we fasted even longer than that with some intermittent fasting. Reset. We got to go back to that. So in February, we're going to go to some fasting. We're gonna, you know, this is what I have in my mind. April the 9th this year is on a Saturday. I'm, I want a relaunch of our church. Amen. April the 10th, I'm looking at a relaunch of our church. Amen. I'm, I'm looking at April the 9th is the anniversary of this church. Uh, I'm, everything is, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm prepping us to get ready for that April the 9th. But we're going to evangelize our city on that day. We're going to reach this city in any way we can. We're going to have a relaunch, hallelujah. But before we get there, we're going to do what my family done. Amen. Because in January of 2006, nobody played music in my house. And I said, somebody's got to play music. I heard too many stories of people having to have uh, somebody play CDs and all that. I said, we can't, well, I'm not going to do that. I can play the piano enough. You know what I started doing? I bought a piano in January, and I started practicing playing the piano. We look at Bethany up here singing. We think, oh, that's so wonderful. But it didn't start like that. Amen. We're going to go back to the basics. I'm not saying that you got to go start. I, I'm just talking about we're going to prep and get ready for a relaunch. And in the midst of it, God begins to do something. That's great. But in the process, we're going to do what we've done to get this place started. Amen. We fasted from that January to April. We fasted. We sought God. We come down here and we drove these streets and we prayed and we, we sought God. And then, this is what, and now then it was me and my wife and my two kids. It's not that no more. Amen. We averaged 28 last year. They may not all go with us, but if I can get more than us four and no more, I guarantee you, we can do more, praise God. God is blessing us. He's fixing to do something great in this church that some of you have no idea what's going to happen. That's not on a spiritual level. Hallelujah. He's thinking to open the doors for us that we didn't have back then. And he's going to open up some things that we cannot worry about some stuff and do it. And what we're going to do, we're going to prep this church. We're going to fix doors. We're going to fix roofs. We're going to fix out here. We're put new gravel out here. We're going to prep it for a launch again of April the 10th, praise God. And we're going to have revival like we never had. 
Because this time, Brother David, it's not just me and my wife fasting, but it's me and my wife and you and your wife and, and my grown children and, and my son-in-law and some more of you that's coming, hallelujah, and neighboring churches that, that love us that we hope is going to be praying for us also because we didn't know them in 2006, hallelujah, but now then we're not by ourselves and we have a relaunch and we're going to reset. Let me go back to 2012. Because we evangelized. That year we broke 100. We broke the 100. Unprecedented revival. Explosive growth. I didn't thought about the men since Cheryl was talking about on the way to church today. We had explosive growth. I mean, people was like, man, what's going on there? People was coming in. People was getting baptized. People was getting filled with the Spirit. It was growing. 63. Our, our, our best quarter of that year was the second quarter. It was 60. We was averaging 67 in that second quarter of 2012. Unprecedented growth. It was unreal. My mind was blowing. I'd, I'd, I'd see people at conferences and say, man, what's going on? God's doing something. Because we had been evangelizing, then you started evangelizing. Mm -hmm. that, and then it exploded. It was explosive growth, and it exploded. Yep. And it fell apart. I told her, I said, I know what it feels like to have explosive growth. Because from 1984, 1985, when I graduated, when I, 1985, and I left my freshman class, so while I walked into my class that fall of a sophomore, I growed five inches in two shoe sizes in three months. I hurt all over. I mean, I hurt and ache. And she said, but you didn't come apart like the church did. I said, you know why? Because that growth in my body was structured and it was able to contain the explosive growth of my body. Amen. And the reason our church come apart in 2012 and we begin a spiral down that's brought us to where we are today is because we lost structure. Our church was not structured to handle the growth. So when it exploded, it went in. So the thing we didn't do, and we're going to reset and go back to where we were evangelizing, is we didn't set up the process to help people grow and have the discipleship. And this is the part where I'm going to need, we're going to need each other to bring through, to get through this thing. Is we're going to, well, we, need, we need to start our small groups again. We're going to start back our men's services again. We're going to start back our, our ladies' services again. We're going to start back, praise the Lord, our youth services again. If there's only three there, then so be it. It won't be three very long. We'll have more than that before you know it. If there's only three or four or five here for youth service, we're going to do it anyway. Hallelujah. That's what we've done. We just went ahead and done it anyway. And do it again. And do it again. We're going to reset. Amen. I know we like Peter. We've been fishing and we've caught no fishes. Amen. But what did Jesus tell him to do? Peter, have you caught anything? Oh, we've been fishing all night long. Do it again. But this time he said, 
I want you to do it with a new direction. Amen. I want you to do it on the right side. And they did. And they had results. God is calling us to do it again. I said it earlier, praise God. Pastor, I, I, I know I may be afraid, but I want to tell you, church, we got viruses, we've been hurt, we've been doing all this stuff, we got a pandemic, but we got to do it afraid. What if it don't work? We got to do it afraid because of a soul that's going to go to hell if you and I don't get a burden for the lost. We can't just sit here and die. We can't just sit here and die. We gotta get up and we gotta go again. The servant did not see anything in the sky. But you know what the prophet said? Go back and look again. I come back and I don't see anything. Go back and look again. I don't see anything. Go back and look again. And he kept going back and going back to finally he caught the vision of the man of God in his life. He said, I see a cloud the size of a man's hand. And the prophet said, get ready. The rain is coming. You're finally seeing what I'm seeing, praise God. And now we can have a rain of revival. Come on, there's some righteous people that I'm talking to today. And we have fallen. But the word of God says a righteous man may fall seven times. But he has to reset and get up and do it again. His name is Samson. We all know him. One of the mighty judges of the Old Testament. Samson done nothing right. He wasn't supposed to touch dead things and he touched them. He wasn't supposed to be with the Philistines and he fellowshiped and hung out with them. Samson didn't do anything right. But God still blessed him. God still gave him strength. And God still allowed him to defeat the devil. But it came a place when Samson finally crossed that line. And he told it all. You can't give your all to the devil and think you can win. And I'm not standing here today and telling you that anybody here is giving your all to the devil. But let me tell you what, when the enemy comes into your camp and you start showing everything you've got, you might be like King Hezekiah and the enemy is going to come in and take everything he got. And Samson did. But Brother Jimmy, with his eyes poked out, and a defeated spirit about him going around in circles because that's what the devil wants you to do. He wants you to lose your vision and he wants you to walk around in circles and wonder how you got there. And Samson did. But the Bible says Samson's hair began to grow again. I was listening to a preacher and I wrote this down because I knew it would go with what I was feeling in the direction of our church. Samson had great, great uh, victories in his life, but he found himself in a place that he thought, he probably never thought, how did, I, how, how did I get here? I don't understand. No doubt, going around in circles, he began to think about how he got where he was at. And the Bible said his hair began to grow again. If you study the Nazarite laws, the vow of the Nazarite, when the Nazarite before, the, the vow of the Nazarite was that he would let his hair grow long to show a sign that he was uh, making a new commitment to God. He did not cut his hair 
during that time because it was a time of commitment. And how somebody knew that somebody had taken the Nazarite vow is they shaved their head. Just shave their head. <laughs> I'm picking at you, bro. So what did they do? To, what did they do? They thought, and they did. They took away his power when they shaved his head. But I want to tell you what else they'd done. When he got down and he lost everything and they shaved his head, when they shaved the head of that Nazarite man, all of a sudden something kicked inside of him and he realized, now then, I have a chance to do it again. Because his hair began to grow. And when he stood there and he, he told that young man that was close to him, I can't see like I used to see. But I can still feel. And the commitment is coming back. So young man. Come on son, I know you're writing. Come here. I'm old. I've been hurt. I've been damaged. But will you young man help me find the pillars? Because my commitment, I'm digging down with my commitment again. And I don't have the energy to do it all like I used to. But will you help me feel the pillars of this thing? And will you young men help me praise God? Bring the house down in Marion. The bald head was a sign of a new commitment. Harvest House, I'm telling you right now, if we're going to have the reset that we need, you know what Samson finally decided? He decided, you know what? If I'm going to do what God wants me to do, I've got to commit my all to you, Lord. I've got to be willing to not only think of the, not think only about myself, but I've got to think about what God has called me to do, and that's to destroy the Philistines. God is calling us to a new commitment. Everybody say consecrate. Every time you see in the Old Testament when God wanted to do something great, what did Jacob do? What did Jacob do after Dinah and all that stuff happened? He called on his people. He said, I want you to consecrate yourself to the Lord. You always do it. He said, get rid of all the stuff that you don't need in your life. Get rid of the extras. and get." It. He said, consecrate. Moses asked the people to consecrate. Hallelujah. Before he went up to the mountain and God gave him the Ten Commandments. He said, consecrate yourself before God. He's fixing to come down and see it. What is he saying? He's saying, reset. Get rid of the stuff out of your life that you don't need. You know what that's going to mean for some of you? You're going to have to get off Facebook for a while. You're going to have to get off social media for, oh, pastor. Let me tell you what. If you're not willing to do that, you don't, got, you don't understand, praise God, what God is calling you to do. Amen. Amen. Consecrate. Joshua asked the people before they went across. He said, consecrate yourself to the Lord. What does he say? He said, commit yourself to God. Yes. We've been through the fire. But the fire purifies the pure and destroys what's not pure. The fire makes the gold brighter and it takes the tarnish and gets away. Jesus, I talked about it on a live stream not too long ago, and I'm almost done here today. Jesus preached commitment in John chapter 6. And the people left. Yep. But some stayed. 
And Peter said, where else could we go, Lord? Only you have the words to eternal life. The idea of a reset is very biblical. It's the whole foundation of salvation. He said, you must be born again. And today, you have a chance to redo. We have a chance to redo in our church. I'm going to tell you, I, I've dealt with so much frustration with, on every level of my life, from work to here. And I've literally asked myself, and I've asked God, I've even asked Sister Cheryl, I said, is God just trying to move us to another state, period? What is he trying to do in our world? But the best I can tell, orders remain unchanged. So, Brother Matters, all I know, all thing I know to do is time to reset. Go back. And Sister Penny, I ain't by myself this time. I got you. I got you, Brother David. I got you, Sister Heather. I seen your post, Sister Heather. Pray that God would help me do more in this new year. Yeah, God wants a reset out of every one of us. He wants a reset out of our lives. Hello. Those of you maybe watching online, I hope you are, or you may listen on, 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 on the uh, podcast. Understand God has and give us a chance to do it again. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Can you get Jeremiah back up there? Can you do that? Jeremiah 18. I'll close with this today. I know Corbin's sleepy and Bethany's somewhere, so I, I'm not even worried about it. We, if you want to play something, you can. It, it don't matter, but I, I want to bring this to a close. Jeremiah 18.1. The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord saying, Arise, go to the potter's house. And there will I cause thee to hear my words. God's got us on the potter's wheel. He's got us on the potter's wheel. And it must be about to die, but I'm about done, so we'll be good. Church, he's put us on the potter's wheel. You know what COVID done? This pandemic, two years into it here. He's got us on the potter's wheel. And he's trying to make us vessels. He said, arise, go down to the potter's house. And there I will cause thee to hear my words. He said, then I went down to the potter's house and behold, he wrought a work on the wheels. He's talking about us. He's working on the wheels for us. Sister. Amen. And the vessels that he made of clay were marred. Where were they marred at? In the hand of the potter. And what did he do? So he made it again. Another vessel. That seemed good to the potter to make it. God wants to do it again. Now, I, I listen to a lot of preaching. I listen to a lot of podcasts. And I got a podcast that I listen to that's called That Will Preach. It's, it's just a real seedbed uh, thoughts. And he, he made mention of this, and this is, this is why I'm here talking about this. He, he had this little thought about this right here, and I, I don't even remember what his thought was, but this is where my thought come out of it. He said, if we're going to mess up, 
it matters where we mess up at. Okay? That's why you need to be in the house of God. Just because you're in the house of God and you're a child of God doesn't mean you're going to mess up. It doesn't mean you're not going to mess up. You will mess up. On our best day, we're human. And let, let me tell you, as a church, in 16 years, we've done a lot of things right. As pastor, I've done some things that's worked and I've done some things that don't work. You as a saint, you've done some things that's worked and you've done some things that ain't worked. And it's time for us to reset. But here's the beautiful thing about it. As long as we're still on the potter's wheel and we mess up, he said he made it again. Amen. Another Amen. vessel. As long as we're on the wheel, there is a reset. Yeah. And if the danger is, is when we stay off the wheel long enough, Brother Manders, you know what happens? That clay gets hard. And when you get hard, it's hard to work with. You know the only way to work with one of those things that's got hard? There's only one way you can do it. You have to crush it. And once you crush it, you can bring it back down to powder again. And then you can add the water back to it. And then you can get it back on the potter's wheel. But no matter where you are, there's a chance to reset. Harvest House, this is what we're going to do this year. We're going to reset. Where do we go from here? Well, first, I'm going to do like we did when we started. I didn't know what to do. I know a lot more today than I did then because I learned a lot more knowledge. Here's the beautiful thing about doing something again. It's called experience. Jacob's birthday is tomorrow wanted to do for his birthday was go to an escape room. Anybody been to an escape room? You know what I'm talking about? You go in there and they have different kind of uh, challenges and you try to, to get out of the room and escape. It's just kind of cool. But Jacob wanted to go to the escape room. And we went, went to one that was themed with the Back to the Future. So we went in and they had all these little um, clues you had to figure it out. And we went through diff three different rooms and we got out. We had nine minutes left out of an hour. And we, we figured it out and got out of there. Me and, me and uh, Bethany in Texas, Jacob and Jimmy. Sure, I watched Corbin. So I was asking, what's the fastest anybody's got out? 30 minutes left. But this was his statement. He said, but I think they had already done it before. They had experience. And they done it again. And you know what they done? The next time, they've done it better than they did the first time. You know what I'm talking about. You kept trying to do something, and you get better with it. So, you know, how many times you keep trying to break a record on your game, or this or that, and, and what have you done? It's like, you'll play it, and you don't get the high score, so you'll reset it and do it again. The next time you may get a higher score, you may get a lower score. But if you keep trying and doing it over and over again, you get more experience. So guess what, Harvest House? We've been there. We've done that. We've got the T-shirt. And we've got the T-shirt to prove that we've done it. Let's do it again. Let's reset. We've got experience this time. We've got more numbers than we had last time. So this is 
what we're going to do. We're going to start praying. We're going to start fasting. And we're prepping for a new launch. A relaunch of our church on April the 10th of 2022. We're going to have a relaunch. And we're going to have revival like we never had before. Praise God. And God's going to send his soul. And you know what? We're going to evangelize the city. But not only are we going to evangelize the city, some of you are going to teach Bible studies. Some of you are going to have small groups. You're going to baptize people in the name of Jesus. We're going to see them get the Holy Ghost. We don't have one get the Holy Ghost this year. I'm sitting homesick and all of a sudden I get this text message through Facebook Messenger from this young man saying, hey, started asking questions about the Holy Ghost and I texted back and forth with him and all of a sudden he said, well, will you call and pray with me? I said, sure. I said, did you ever receive the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues? He said, no, I haven't. I said, okay, well, we're going to pray for you. Me and my wife and son, we're sitting there playing Scrabble uh, at the kitchen table because we're quarantined stuck in the house. And all of a sudden, I, I said, okay, we're going to pray with you. And if you don't let, God's going to fill you with the Holy Ghost. And we begin to pray for him. And in one minute, the young man began to speak in tongues on the other side of the phone, hallelujah. And God filled him with the Holy Ghost. He's six hours away from us, hallelujah, on the other side of Kentucky. I'm not in competition with, the de- uh, with, with other churches. I'm in competition with hell. So guess what? We already had one filled with the Holy Ghost. He may not come here, but that's all right. And God's going to do it with you. I've seen Brother Matt Sam, his brother, I think, was praying for somebody 500 miles away that they filled and filled with the Holy Ghost. And God's going to do that with some of you. you got friends and family. I'm telling you, we've got a different game that we had then. And God's going to allow us to reset, and we're going to have revival like we never had. So the first place we need to start our reset is just simple repentance because that's what Jesus said except a man is born again of the water and of the spirit he cannot enter in the great football coach uh, what was his name Alabama for years so. what? no it wasn't Nick Saban before his time Barry Bryant whoever it was I'm not a football fan so I don't know he, he took his team and they'd lost all the basics and he took them at halftime and he just picked the football up and said this is a football can I tell us today this is the Bible but Lord you, I've done heard that be born again repent be baptized in Jesus name fill the Holy Ghost we're going to hear it again but here's the thing when you reset something you can't fast forward to the last level of your game you've got to go through it all again. So we're going to reset. We're going to go back through the Bible studies. And, and we're going to go back through the fact that you've got to be born again of the water and spirit. You, you've got to repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus. You've got to be filled with the Holy Ghost. And then we're going to start, hey, hey you're going to have holiness in your life. And you're going to have righteousness in your life. You, you're going to have to pay your tithes. You're going to have to treat people right. So we're going to do it all again. And we're going to teach the next person. We're going to teach the next person. We're going to reach. And, and guess what? The people that this reset is we're going to keep doing it over and over again. Because once you reset and you get somebody else to reset and they get somebody else to reset and we're going to have revival like we've never had before. So 
where I'm coming is to find a place to play. If you're watching online, I encourage you to get down with your couch right now or whatever you may be doing, and that's plenty. If you're part of Harvest House and you're watching online, I'm asking you to reset with me. Come on. I'm glad to be back in the house of God. I'm praying that you get a hunger to be in the house of God. Hallelujah if you don't. I'm praying that God gives a desire to see souls saved, a desire to see lives changed. Hallelujah. I'm praying. I want you to pray and say, God, help me. Help me to know what I need to do. Who do I get, God? What can I do? I know one thing you can do. We can repent today. We can ask God to forgive us. We can say, God, give me the new direction. Hallelujah. And let the hair begin to grow again. And let the strength begin to grow again. And God is going to let us do it again. So let's pray. Let's seek God. As we go forward, God's going to give us the direction that we need. Tree bending beneath the weight of it. 